everybody. Welcome back to the School Playbook Podcast. Joining us today, we have our school counselor, Miss Anderson. To kind of give a brief overview of Miss Anderson, she's been our uh, counselor here at our school for over six years now. Um, and she has been here since we've been in seventh grade, so she knows us for that long. Miss Anderson, do you want to introduce yourself a little yes. bit more? Yes. Yay. Thank you for having me on here. I'm so excited. I love podcasts. I'm obsessed with them. I even have my own, mm-hmm. which is kind of how we connected with this. I had interviewed them on my podcast, which is called Miss Crystal's Counseling Corner, and they will put the links if you want to hook up with that. It's a podcast about mental health and school and college and career, and I just really enjoy Um, helping you guys make connections and learn things and talking about mental health. It's really important to me. But um, I am a native of Utah, but I have lived all over the United States. Um, My husband's in the Air Force. He's a lieutenant colonel, and he also has a civilian position. I I have two children, and I have been working here at Mazer for six years, and I have loved it. And you guys are like my babies because we started together, and we've grown together, and now you're going to leave me behind, and I'm going to be so sad when you leave. But um, I really enjoy uh, school counseling. I'm an avid hiker, chocolate eater, uh, guitar player, TikTok-obsessed enthusiast. Um, (laughs) I like uh, animals. I have a pet a blind dog, um, and I have, uh, what else do I, oh, I love uh, shuffle dancing, I'm learning how to longboard, Ooh, speak whoa, Spanish, yeah, oh, it's so fun, so fun, and I totally look nerdy because I'm old and I wear like a helmet and knee pads and elbow pads because like if I fall, it's really going <laughs> to, <laughs> so, um, but I really enjoy it, and yeah, so that's kind of me in a nutshell. Awesome. Well, for our first question, um, what was your education? Like, how long did it take, and was it worth it to you personally? Oh, my gosh. Education is the bomb. Okay, so I need to go back and say something, though. In high school, I loved the social aspect of high school, but as far as the educational piece, I did not do very well. Mm. Um, I have ADHD, and I didn't know it back then. My parents knew it but didn't tell me. Well, and so, helpful. no, but it was so new because I'm, you know, I'm 46 and back then they didn't, it was new. Mm-hmm. So, but I was very um, intrinsically motivated and I also wanted to appear to be incredibly intelligent. So I hung out with really smart kids that, that kind of, you know, that show me your friends, I'll show you your future thing. So I like wanted to be like them. So I would work extra hard so that I could at least appear to be super intelligent, which I am, but I didn't know. And you know what I mean? It was just kind of a weird situation. But I ended up getting into BYU in musical dance theater. And I found out that I did not really like that. And so I changed to, I ended up with, uh, in recreation management because I love hiking and the outdoors. And I wanted to like work at camps or with youth somehow. So I got a degree in recreation management, youth leadership with administrative emphasis, which is like a business piece to it. Mm -hmm. That major, by the way, was so fun. I mean, literally your classes were like backpacking, um, river rafting, learning how to play games and make games. Well, sign Um, me up. It was the funnest major ever and I loved it. And then I ended up working for the Utah Girl Scout Council as the younger program specialist for the state of Utah. And I created like recreational programs across the state and ran them, which were really fun. And then I ended up marrying someone who joined the Air Force and we were traveling all over. And so then my next education piece came um, when I had my, some call it a midlife crisis. I call it a midlife awakening where I decided (laughs) I needed to do something different with my life. And 
So I um, was working, uh, I was running uh, an art program at an elementary school and I decided, someone said, you should be a school counselor. And then I felt like I lit up inside, like literally I was like, oh my gosh, that feels right. So I jumped in and got a master's degree in school counseling. I did a dual track where I got a mental health counseling piece as well, but I didn't finish the internship with that. So I'm not licensed as a mental health worker, but I'm fully trained, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so, but it, it also just helps me with my school counseling piece. But that was through Adams State University in Colorado. So Interesting. those are my degrees. That's awesome. Um, so then, did you ever think you'd be a counselor in high school? I'm assuming from your previous answer, that would be a no. No. So then what made you want to be a counselor? So, funny enough, I don't even remember meeting with my school counselor in high school. And I, I think that when someone said you would be a good school counselor, my the wheels started turning in my brain like, how could I be a good school counselor? Because mm -hmm. most people I know don't ever even know who their counselor is and the interactions they have with them are very limited. So when I do something, I like to throw my whole heart into it and I wanna make it something really powerful and meaningful and I thought there's so much good I could do with this. So my kids were, I've always worked in the school with my kids and they were getting older and I didn't want to not be a part of that educational experience with them and so I thought, oh, that'd be cool, another way to, keep working which is why I specifically chose to work here even because I could bring them both here to school with me and still you know be a part of that process but the thing that really drew that kind of sealed the deal for me was just the act of what I could do the potential there's so many pieces to it there's the emotional piece the mental health piece and the academic piece and so it's a job that changes all the time it's never boring and, and stories are so important to me. And I love to, to get to know people and hear their stories and figure out what makes them tick. And so it's just this constant thing of a flood of all these awesome, amazing people coming in my life. All you kids are just so amazing and just hearing your stories and giving you tools and directions to make your life better. So that's it, really. Awesome. Okay, well then with that uh, last answer, so what is advice that you'd give for high school students, specifically seniors? who are stressed about their future. So I know it's like we're getting really close now and so it's kind of a little too late to change things. Uh, like <laughs> it's never too late to change things. I, you guys are so awesome. I, every, every kid is awesome. You all just, here's the thing. Everyone has light and dark inside of them, right? And, and we're often pulled one way or the other. And the story of the wolves, the, the, what the wolf, two wolves, right? What do you feed, right? So if you're stressed out, you've got to be kind of looking at um, what are you focusing on? Mm -hmm. Another analogy is like, you know, you're driving down a road and you see a rock in the road and as you're going towards it, you're like, oh, I shouldn't hit that rock, I shouldn't hit that rock, and all of a sudden you hit the rock because you've been focusing on the rock. Mm -hmm. So if you're really stressed out, I think it's really important to start focusing on other things because bottom line is you've all worked really hard. Um, most of you are gonna graduate and I'll track you down and you know it's gonna happen You'll find if us. I have to drag you across that finish line but I will find you and I will yes graduate no matter you. when no matter how <laughs> I will find you um, I think that you've got to just start focusing on the good pieces of your life the happy pieces the things that fill you with joy that self-care um, start focusing on just enjoying just enjoy this journey Stop worrying about what's coming around the corner and just be present right here and right now. 
like you're going to come tonight we're having an activity you're all just going to come and we're just going to have fun we're going to make tiktoks we're going to have fun right oh yeah we're going to make we're going to be in this moment right now and i think as we go throughout our life if if we start in fact oh i just have to say this is so cool so i was listening to this um podcast uh, about um oprah winfrey and you all know who she is right Mm -hmm. so she was talking to um Oh, now I'm going to forget his name. He is this amazing surgeon from India, and he's very famous. And he was talking about why it's so, even though there's, like, so much chaos. It seems like when you go to India, there's, like, color and people everywhere, and it's just, like, chaotic. There's actually this feeling of peace and calm there versus America. When people come to America, they feel chaotic and stressed out all the time, and everyone's always stressed out. And he specifically said it's because we don't know how to live in the moment. We're always trying to work on the next thing that we need to do. We're always thinking like, oh my gosh, I need to get a degree. I need to get a job. I need to get a better girlfriend. I need a better boyfriend. I need better clothes. I need a car. I need, we're always like focusing on the, the, the far away carrot, right? Instead of just being right here, right now, enjoying this moment. And that's so powerful, right? To just be in the moment. So that's how we can stop being stressed out is just enjoying this journey we're on and enjoy the rest of being a senior. You only have a few months left, right? Mm -hmm. So savor every moment and create activities, ideas, connections, and and just be in the moment. That's what I do. Yeah, that's really great. Yeah, and you mentioned like just the, the mental health aspect of that. And like, I think it's really cool how you say, you know, be in the moment and be present. Um, and that kind of goes with my question of it's beginning to be more prominent in our just like for the rising generation that we have an issue with depression and anxiety. And that's becoming more of a, um, an issue that's been focused on, especially in education and in schools. Um, so I just want to ask you as a counselor, what do you think is the best way to cope with depression or anxiety, especially for the youth? So a little history on like depression and anxiety why i think we didn't hear about it in the past is that if you think about it and not even more than a hundred years ago most people were in that fight or flight state of being they were having to farm for their food there wasn't just this like i can easily go get whatever i want right Mm -hmm. everybody was way more physically active than they were right we spend entirely too much time sitting and um, screens, you know, computers. We're, we're not, our bodies were made to move. And there's natural chemicals that are produced when we are moving, which is that serotonin and dopamine that our brains need to be, you know, in that peaceful state, that mood stabilizing stuff. So, what I would say right now to anyone suffering from depression, and it's not, it's not the only answer, right? but it will help, it will start making a difference is if but we move more. it is an answer. It is an, an answer, right. We just need to move more. You need to get up, you need to get off your butts, get out there, do something, do something physical. Um, even in jobs, find ways, like for myself, get up. It's so sad, we even have to have watches now. I have a watch that has to remind me to stand up. <laughs> I will, do too. <laughs> how, I, that's crazy. Like every hour it alerts me, have you stood up yet? <laughs> stand up. So if that's telling us something. If we're having to tell ourselves to stand up, we have a problem. Ooh, did you guys see Wally? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm so scared of that happening. That could so be us <laughs> if we don't watch it. You know what I mean? It's like, a very dystopian yeah. movie. It honestly. is, but it's scary because it's happening. We have an obesity problem because we're not moving. We need to get up and move, and we got to stop eating bad food because bad food is so cheap. 
right? You can go to McDonald's and get a dollar burger and then you can't go, a salad's $8, <laughs> you know? It just, it, it doesn't equate. So number one, get moving. Number two, um, to deal with your, just acknowledge that you have the problem. I think that's the other big piece. I think that we like to stuff things. We don't want to admit there's something going on or acknowledge it. So I think you should acknowledge it and then seek help because there's lots of tools. There's lots of things that you can do and you've got to figure out, is it genetic? Is it situational? Is it, you know, is it stemming from medications or something that happened? I mean, there's just so many reasons. So we got to get acknowledge you're having it and then let's get to the bottom of why you're having it so then we know appropriately how to address it basically mm -hmm. does that help does that answer the question yeah yeah that's actually and it kind of answered one of my questions which was just like the um you know how do you recognize the difference between like a clinical depression and anxiety or like kind of more of a situational one and i think you answered that as you know finding the the root of the problem right and, and it's so interesting because you think i mean there are some like indicators of depression that we think we notice like oh they're really sad or they're feeling apathetic but sometimes it can be a, the complete opposite and what somebody might be acting like they're fine on the outside and they're hiding it. Like Robin Williams, that famous um, comedian. You got, did you guys know yeah. him? Yeah, he was Jumanji, right? Yeah. yeah he played so Jumanji. outwardly, when he'd be around people, he was on. And he was like super hyper and happy. And, and so many people didn't even... I mean, none of us even knew he stopped, struggled with depression until he was gone. So you got to just like recognize that it can look and come across in many different forms. And you can't just make an assumption that it's this or that. But typically, clinical depression um, lasts for a very long time. And again, there could be the genetic factors or situational factors, but you got to figure out where it's coming from and get to the bottom of it and get professional help. Yeah. Um, just another question to go along with that. So you've mentioned kind of just some solutions for the, especially the mental health side. Um, what are just some general challenges that you see in our rising generation and do you have any ideas for solutions of those? And I, you've mentioned some of them for mental, but I'm, are there any other challenges that you see in our rising generations, especially us in the schools right now? I think that the biggest thing that I see is this, um, I see a lot of you struggling with your self-esteem because you're constantly comparing yourselves to other people. And I think that social media has made this even worse because you're constantly flooded with these visuals of all these su supposedly successful people. Yeah. And it's not really portraying an accurate um, view of what's really going on in people's lives. You're only seeing like the best of them and the best angles. Because even cameras, as they film their videos, they're placed in very specific angles, you know, to show the very best of each other. So I'm seeing people being hypercritical of themselves. And if I could give any, if I could give you all just one gift, I would just infuse you with this knowledge that you're all awesome and you're all capable and that there's only you. <laughs> you're the only you that's ever going to be you and that you should stop comparing yourselves to other people and just constantly be comparing yourself to you and your next best thing and just work on being better at being you. And don't worry about what other people are doing because there's always going to be somebody better than you. Yeah. It's I, just, it's going to happen. I really like that. And I like it because I, I think of a quote that I've, um, that's just like, I was reminded by one of my teachers and he sent it, it's um, from Theodore Roosevelt and he said, comparison is the thief of joy. 
Oh, I love that. And I, I love the quote too, because I think, you know, if you really want to be happy, you're not going to compare yourself to others. You're going to try and find what's best for you and you're going to push yourself forward and be better and do better. Right. And it's so funny because like we sit there and we tell each other that um, we are the ones that decide what beautiful is and what ugly is and what talent is, right? Yeah. So if we, if we can stop like focusing on deciding like you're not measuring up to what other people think is that and just start believing in yourself and saying I am good enough I'm talented I'm I'm beautiful I'm kind which is leads into those positive affirmations that I think everybody should be saying every day to themselves right you've got to believe in you because you are your best hero right yeah for sure okay definitely so I guess another question um, that we have kind of going along with high school students and like the yeah yeah rising generation we're talking about is um, watching us for six years now, what are some messages and takeaways that you've learned? I, okay, so that's funny you asked that because literally I have watched you be like babies. Because <laughs> when you came in in seventh grade, you were so tiny. And the drama that happened, you know. Oh my gosh. I, it's so funny because like, I feel like if you can survive junior high, you can survive anything. Mm-hmm. Because you're just so dramatic. You're kind of phasing out of that baby emotion into like little teenager emotions, right? And just the things that were important to you then versus even right now. I think it was so beautiful for me to watch this set of kids that were all so different and unique in your personalities grow into little adults, right? And how it helped me see how unique and awesome and individual each of you are and how everyone has has the potential to turn into something pretty awesome and that we need to give kids the space to be who they are and which I think Mazer does a really good job of just letting you all kind of be your little weird crazy awesome nerdy little selves right yeah like giving you but just giving kids the space to be whoever they are and letting them go with it because i think that sometimes we get stuck in this idea that we have to conform and we have to fit everybody into this box but everyone is just so unique and it's awesome and so i've really enjoyed just seeing that process and it's helped me be a better person because i just didn't i mean you realize it but you don't realize it how different everyone is and the different perspectives, like some of you are so politically charged, right? And just to hear your passion for politics and, and, and other kids are just so into the arts and so into this and that. And, and it's just so fun to me to just accept and love and appreciate everyone's skills and talents and to see what you can be, right? Yeah, awesome. Um, just kind of going along with those you know, little kids growing into more, getting ready to be adults. Mm-hmm. Um, what advice would you would you give those preparing for their senior year, you know, on up? So in the beginning of the school year, we talked about this a little bit. I tried mm-hmm. to give you guys like a tool set, like here's what I want you to work on this year to be better. So uh, just to touch on some of those again, make sure that you can do everything on your own. Practice. Make it a practice year of like, can I do my own laundry? Can I cook food? Can I go grocery shopping? Can I change a tire? Can I make an appointment for myself? Can I actually show up to the appointment and not charge a late, get charged a late fee? Can I, do you know what I mean? Just this, yeah. it's those little things that you have to do, like pay bills that are the worst part of adulting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you can like practice all that little junky stuff, making phone calls, making appointments, changing tires, getting the oil changed, getting your car washed, keeping your room clean even out of respect for your future roommates or 
lifetime partners. Keep your room clean, make your bed, you know, just little things like that just set you up for success. Um, and then as far as like communication goes, I just really encourage all of you to make connections with other people because we've talked about how connections make the world go around and the more connections you have, the better your life is going to be going forward because all of the awesome opportunities you're going to have, well, most of them, and most of the jobs you'll get are going to be because you had connections with someone. So make connections and learn how to do all the little junky stuff of life and I think you'll be just fine. Awesome. Um, so then what are some mistakes you see students uh, make in their senior year and how can you avoid some of those? The biggest one that I see seniors make is we call it the self-sabotaging thing. Um, it's very weird because some of my brightest and best students will all of a sudden stop coming to school. They'll stop handing in homework. It's this weird subconscious phenomenon where they think that maybe if they don't do this stuff that somehow they're not going to have to graduate and grow up. Well guess what? You're going to graduate whether you like it or not because, again, I will drag you across the finish line because it's time to grow up. It's time to move on. But it's this weird kind of thing where it is subconscious, but it's not the best way to deal with things, right? Because, well, you... avoid your problems. Yeah, it's kind mm -hmm. of avoidance, and it's this weird... And, and it's okay, and you are all welcome to come in my office and cry because sometimes you just need to cry it out. And you'd be surprised how many kids have come in here, seniors, men and women, just come in here and we cry it out together. And you just kind of, you just need to accept that you're going to have to grow up, that you're going to have to go be an adult, and you are going to be okay. But it's hard, and it's scary, and it's it's coming. I mean, it's kind of, it kind of slams you in the face, right? It's, I mean, we're only a couple months away from you being done with Mazer. You've been here for six years and you're almost done. And that's like, ah, right? So that's the, the main thing. And then the other mistakes I see them make is burning bridges. Mm. Um, I see a lot of seniors just feel like, oh, well, I'm almost done here, especially at the high school level with their teachers and friends. Cause they're like, oh, well, I'm done here. I'm never going to see these people again. But the world is actually quite small, <laughs> mm -hmm. and it's weird how things will come back to bite you in the butt. So one rule of advice, try not to ever burn bridges. Try to build them everywhere you go, but don't burn bridges if you can help it. Awesome. Awesome. And then for our last question, question we've asked every interviewer is, as you go back in time, what advice would you give your high school self? Oh, high school was so fun. It was so fun for me. I, I feel like... I feel like I did the best that I could with the tools I had. I mean, I had so much fun. I dated a lot of people. I got involved in everything I could possibly be involved in. The one thing I probably, you probably don't want to hear this, but I think I should have dated even more. I feel like I should have dated more people and had more um, of those kind of relationships because I was a little bit of a late bloomer in that field. And I think that I missed out on some opportunities of really getting to understand relationships better and people better. Um, because I was too shy. So if I could, in that part, I wasn't shy, don't get me wrong, but like with relationships, I was shy. Like I didn't even want to hold anybody's hand because I felt like, oh my gosh, they're going to want to marry me if I hold their hand. How dumb is that? <laughs> just hold people's hand. <laughs> have a kiss here or there. It's not going to kill you. You oh. know, it just, I wish I would have done that a little bit more. And I wish that, um, but, but other than that, I feel like, I feel like I did my best. And I hope that all of us, will not have to look back too much and wish we'd done things differently. I hope that you're going to be in the present moment and just enjoy this journey 
so that you don't have to look back and wish you'd done things different, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's it, probably. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, joining us and letting us interview you. And uh, just want to remind you guys, for those listening, make sure to check out the podcast. It's titled Miss Crystal's Counseling Corner. Is that right? That's right. M-I-S-S. When Crystal's with a K. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can find her podcast anywhere except Apple and Amazon, or you can find her links in our episode description. And thank you. 